Hello, everybody, and welcome to another scintillating, spicy, red hot episode of the Chocolate Bros podcast. You're here with Brian and Adam. Hey, everybody. I'm Brian, and that's Adam. He's hey, a vocabulary fellow. Oh, yeah. And also the dude who knows uh, what titles communist dictators don't have. No, I believe you got that incorrect. So I, let's go ahead and say No, that. I got we, that right. We, we both know. You did not <laughs> you, say Secretary General, Adam. I said I'm the guy who you knows. Said president. What, no, I'm the guy who knows what titles communist dictators don't have. Not which ones they do have. Don't have. I okay. know which well, ones the, they oh, don't have. The amount of things you don't know is limitless, Adam. There's, there's, there's no but, shortage but, of those. But, but I almost always get the communist dictator thing right specifically it's <laughs> a common <laughs> common subject of discussion for you is this something uh, that you're... you know I, I i like to mix it up <laughs> i right. find myself i find myself in all kinds of conversations man do you yeah okay <laughs> how's this one going so far because i feel like it's getting a little off track you know it's it's pretty typical for for me <laughs> you're a man um, of many talents and passions Adam. Espe- you know especially now that we got the chocolate shop Mm-hmm. And I'm in there hanging out with folks. Mm-hmm. I find myself talk- I find myself talking to people about all kinds of stuff. That's that's in that's particular a, one mm-hmm. notable conversation I had recently, and I would mm-hmm. like you to go ahead and weigh in on this. It, do- okay. it doesn't have anything to do with communism. Okay. Um, somebody raked me over the coals because they didn't mm-hmm. like the fact that our hot chocolate is made with water. They really were passionate that hot chocolate is better with milk. Where do you well, stand, Brian? I think. The idea is that you make it with a base of water and then add milk to taste. Um, that's I mean, not our, their position. Their position well, is you heat up milk and you spoon in hot chocolate and that's the way it ought to be done. Well, let me just uh, talk about another product just to give you a reference to my point of view. Mac and cheese. Now, you may know that I'm a little bit of an aficionado of the mac and cheese. In fact, I've even given a college level presentation on how to make craft mac and cheese. Were you in college at the time? Uh, yeah, I was. No, I no, I just went into the class and just gave the presentation just because I thought it was important for them to know. Uh, no, I would. This was for a, my my uh, a college communications class, and I gave a presentation, a speech. A lot, I made mac and cheese and gave it to the class. Um, and one of the things about mac and cheese, sorry, I'm just my camera's a little weird. Um, one of the things about mac and cheese is that it calls for butter and milk and the cheese sauce, etc. Um, but if you actually follow the recipe, it comes out a little bit soupy. And I, agree. I don't care for that. And so I do it my way. And the point of that is that uh, if you add too much milk to anything, it comes out overly creamy or can be overly soupy. This person is expressing their exact point of view about what about the, the hot chocolate that they love and that they want. But I don't think that's necessarily a universal feeling among uh, the folks. I, we get pretty good feedback and it's already got a, a decent milk content in it. So I would say it's got person, the milk chocolate in it. Exactly. So I would say to that person, I would say, God bless, make it how you like it, but not everybody likes it to be that milky. Um, and you can always add a little more milk. But so I, I would I, I, I agree with you. And by the mm-hmm. way, I just want to point out that this this is probably a symptom of why higher education in this country is suffering. We got kids doing macaroni and cheese presentations. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> did you get an A on that? What class young, is that? Young adults, by the way, Adam. I was yeah. not a kid at the time that yeah. I did this. Okay? Uh, I guess I guess that that's also. <laughs> I was an army veteran at the time that I did oh, this. Adam, you, yeah. What did had have you served no. your country at that point, Adam? Well, no, but I also have never been asked to give a presentation about mac and cheese. You know, I wasn't asked to give the presentation. <laughs> I had, I enthusiastically elected to give the presentation. No, this was a presentation where you had to demonstrate a skill. Okay. Well, it looks like you really learned some some sweet skills in the in the army there, Brian. I absolutely did. Yeah, yeah. 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 
I was gonna make some toilet. Rum. I was gonna make some toilet rum out of raisins, but the, the teacher said that that probably wouldn't be. Is that a real thing? Toilet rum? <laughs> I don't know. It's a prison thing, not an army thing. But I'm... <laughs> you were in prison too, so that makes sense. Well, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Um, all right. So going back. So in the shop, when when I when that gal argued with me, let me ask you: were were, were all the employees standing around doing a, a like golf clapping while she was raking you over the coals? I think that would be appropriate. I think all in the sh- when you're in a shop mm-hmm. and Sometimes it's real busy and sometimes it's quiet and you're just in there kind of grinding away making stuff. Mm-hmm. I think in general, we all appreciate when someone comes in and just stirs it up a little bit. It's yes, fun. Absolutely. That's part of the fun thing. That's one of the funnest things about. Now, being was this a shop. good natured uh, coal? Totally. Okay. Well, that, 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 that but definitely... she was, she was serious mm-hmm. and she believed in what she was saying and she totally thought we were wrong mm-hmm. and she wasn't pulling any punches, but it's not like she, was going to burn, you know, burn the shop down or something. Over it. it's, I, I'm really yeah. happy to hear that she did not bring a yeah. Molotov cocktail with her yeah. at the time to like accentuate her point. That's great news. Yeah. It's like she spit in my face or something. <laughs> yeah. It's not like she brought a machete and tried to decapitate me. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I find myself in, in, in many conversations along those lines. And also I, I humor those types of conversations. Right. I, well, I, I like customer service. I, you know, I get you know it. I, I get it. You know what I, a lot of conversations I've been finding myself in lately, as you know, I've become a a devotee of the sport of snowboarding lifts. When you're on a ski lift, you're typically, I go solo and you're typically on a lift with some other person or person or people that you don't know. And you've got a, like a seven minute block, which is awkward, if not filled with conversation. And most people are just in a good mood and having a good time. So you end up getting in a lot of interesting, um, short uh, conversations on, on a lift. It's actually quite, it's, I like that. It's, yeah. It's, it's actually, it's a very low stakes. It um, is. Cause you're not forced to hang out with them all day. No, it's just seven nothing minutes. else. Nothing's going to come of it. And, uh, it's nice to, to have a quick conversation with somebody. And then, uh, you know, as you approach the, the debark, the, the disembarkation point, you say, Hey, have fun. You have fun. I have hope, a great day. And that's it. You go I, about your business. I, I hope you're telling every single person about Fortunato chocolate, Brian, if not, please work that into your repertoire. Don't insult me, Adam. Of course I am. How dare you? I hope you have fortunatochocolate.com stenciled on the top of your snowboard so everybody has to look at it and comment on it. Well, actually, I have it tattooed on my leg and I can just show them the tattoo. I mean, I assume that you have tattooed it also on your body. And and I've got it on both legs (laughs) and and on the palms of my hands. As do I. Yes. You know, I just got it done. So, you know, they're pretty sensitive. You're looking on YouTube. I can't show you the palms of my hands. It's still kind of bloody. Exactly. And beat up and bruised, but exactly. trust me, I have when a I tell tattooed you. in the back of my head. You just can't see it because the camera is facing <laughs> in front of my head. But Billy, trust me, it's there, Dad. Yeah, very, very good. That's why I'm bald. Um, oh, I, got I have a, I have a, 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 I have an incredibly healthy head of hair, Adam. I just keep but it bald. So people they can see, see the my, my That's right. Yeah. Um, I also have a. We have. Well, we have a mutual friend who golfs a lot. Mm-hmm. And one thing I never knew about golfing is if you want to go golfing by yourself and you just mm-hmm. show up. They match you up with. They match you up with somebody, and then you got to play the whole eighteen holes with those strangers. So that's a lot higher stakes. You might end up even sharing an actual cart with somebody and sitting right next to them. Yeah, that's yeah. that's happened to me many times. I've golfed solo many times. Yeah, there, there you go. Okay, so now that we've gotten you know gotten that banter out of the way, mm-hmm. high quality banter. Well, I got to tell you, we're we're we, we're smoking hot over here, <laughs> just like you said in the in the lead in. This is yeah. scintillating. Um, before I go any further. Mm-hmm. Since it's been a while, um, wait, Adam, stop! Don't go yeah. any further. Don't go any further. Make your comment. Okay. Before yeah. I go any further, because we're right. going to go into something else. Yeah. Do not go further. Make your comment, and then we shall proceed. I've already prefaced this comment by saying before I go any further. Right. I'm pre-gaming your preface. That's right. 
or extending. Said, it's a preface extension. All right, I already a said pre- it though. I already pref- said it. a preface extension. Yeah. Uh, all right. So <laughs> you almost you almost threw me off, but I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not going to be denied this this thing that I want to say. You, you don't you didn't realize because you were traveling mm-hmm. that I had guest hosts on the last episode of the Chocolate Bros podcast, ah. including a young five year old named Luca Church and his mm-hmm. dad, Daniel Church. His dad, Daniel, is pretty interesting. He lived in Georgia and mm-hmm. actually lived, I believe if I recall, he actually lived through a prior Russian invasion when Russia took a piece of Georgia and he was mm-hmm. in Georgia at the country Georgia mm-hmm. at the time when that happened. Quickly, you know the capital, can you say the capital of Georgia, the country? Uh, Tbilisi. There you go, bro. I think that's yes. right. Um, don't, don't come at my geography knowledge, Adam. Do not test me. I know. Do you, not you, test me, bro. I know, you're solid at geography. Come um, on. So I just want to, as always, do a quick shout out to Luca Church. You didn't realize this, but we're going to be naming our, our milk chocolate covered pretzels after that kid. We're going to be calling right? him. He loves him more than anybody. We're going to be calling those Luca's, Luca's chocolate covered pretzels. I love it. I love it. But I like the name Luca. First yeah. off, I think that's a solid, rock solid name. Uh, and so congratulations to the father. I think Daniel, you said was his name. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, that's a great idea. I love putting uh, the names of of fanatical devotees on the product. I think that's kind of like a step in the direction of what you were talking about, where we actually would have clients or friends of the project opening mm. up. It's just like, it's close. A, like a, like a, yeah, it's like a, and like it, a step in that direction. And in fact, mm-hmm. somebody came into the shop, like, I don't know, I want to say maybe two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Hey, by the way, this five-year-old kid at this pizza restaurant told me I had to come in here. So really shout out to Luca church. For helping us spread the word, dude. Luca what a Church, you He's the best, are, dude. You're fantastic. I, I, let me tell you something. I know five-year-olds. I have a six-year-old. I got a six-year-old and, as uh, well. Yeah. And, uh, oh my gosh. Turn off your phone, dude. Come I, on. That isn't my phone. Oh, it's not? That's happening on my computer, but I don't know what it is. Get your computer under control, Brian. I wish I could. All right, well, we'll just let it ring. So I just quickly wanted to do, do a shout out to, to Luca Church. And also, we've offered him the job of official chocolate taster whenever he has the time in his schedule to come in and, and sign off on our products as well. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, good, good man. So um, <clears throat> for the, the main episode, the main thrust of what I was hoping we could get into today, two things. One, we got a, a question from one of our, our wonderful customers and friends, Greg, who has a question about how many uh, cocoa beans go into one of our bars of chocolate. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I want to talk who, who about, who is that question from? A guy named Greg. Greg, I'm going to speak directly to Greg right now, if you don't mind, Adam. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Greg, we, we don't know that. Sorry. No, <laughs> we don't know that. And, it's, and it involves math to figure that out. So we may or may not be able to get you that. Well, no, hey, I'm man. kidding. I, I jest, Greg, we're going to figure that out shortly. Yeah, yeah. No, and you want to talk about a hot podcast uh, topic. Oof. Dude, reckoning some arithmetic and some math. Getting some on, math live on air. In, digging into the gram, the average gram weight of a cacao bean and then extrapolating that out into a chocolate bar. That is hot pod. That's hot pod, dude. That's what people man, are oh, looking man. for. Yeah, you know, celebrity gossip, war news, etc. Mm-hmm. But what Culture. really what really puts the butts in the seat is mm-hmm. math live on air. <laughs> live math. <laughs> <laughs> arithmetic. That's right. That's Real why time. that that's why the the number one sitcom in the country for like 12 years running was that one was uh Matt. Oh, that was MASH. Sorry. I'm, I'm wrong. It wasn't, oh, math. Was math. it wasn't math. It was MASH. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, All right. I had it wrong. Yeah. I'm also going to just say one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sitting right in front of a heater right now. 
and I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting warm, dude. Yeah. The, the office, the, the HVAC went on and it warmed my office up too. I've got a considerably warm. So I'm going to play, right I'm going to play it cool. But for those of you watching on YouTube, if my face starts to get super red, you, know, you, you could take off your lumberjack shirt there, Adam. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I wore this specifically to look good on the podcast. Yeah. How's that working for you? <laughs> I feel I'm, I'm looking at the video. I like what I see. <laughs> All right. So I want to um, talk about when, we, we already talked about this on a previous podcast, but I want to mm-hmm. rehash this and I, okay. I want to make it clear. I'm not resentful, but it's going to sound like I'm, re- I'm resentful um, on your behalf. The fact that you're saying this right now kind of hey, comes I'm off. Not resen- resentful. I'm not resentful. <laughs> Don't right. be so defensive, Adam. Okay. <laughs> I'm not defensive. How dare well, you? Neither am I. Yeah. So um, back in the year 2000, Year of Our Lord, 2013, I, don't, mm-hmm. I think they put Year of Our Lord in there because... The, the calendar starts don't after. get distracted adam yeah, let's sorry. not go down the rabbit all right so you ever lord to that we were so we were on the anthony bourdain show in the year of 2013 you remember that <laughs> do i remember it <laughs> it <laughs> rings a bell <laughs> yes yes i'm capable of remembering major epochal <laughs> events in my life that happened within the last 10 years yes. yeah so at the time that was a really important thing for our business mm-hmm. it helped us a lot mm-hmm. i guess you had already been living in the jungle for several years. Yes. When that, when that episode was filmed. five or six years already. Yeah. Yeah. And that, but that, that really helped kind of get our name out there. And I never thought too critically about it. I've always just considered it a feather in our cap, but now that we're, you know, we're selling stuff online and we've got our shop and we're going in a whole new direction. I thought that I would go back and revisit that episode and just see what it was. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, man, I'm not as thrilled as I was with that episode in retrospect. Can I just say that? I already you're, said it, but you're you... more than welcome to say that. Absolutely. Have you watched that episode <coughs> so lately? When was the last time you actually watched it all the way through? I watched that episode um, uh, on a DVD that was sent to me by Bourdain's production company, um, ZPZ, 0.0 Production ZPZ. ZPZ sent me some gold discs of that. I didn't. Wa- I wasn't able to watch it live. Um, and ZPZ sent me some gold discs and shortly after the live show, I watched it once, uh, right after it came out and I've never watched it since I've got the gold disc and I've never, I've never watched it since because for two reasons, one, it's, it's really hard for me to watch and listen to stuff that I'm involved in. It makes me feel really weird and self-conscious. I, know, now, like, I wasn't, you, you don't listen to these podcasts probably either. I have never listened to one of these podcasts. I think no. you listened to one. You told me you listened to no, one. No, that's right. That's right. I yeah. listen. I did go back and listen to one because you told me where they were posted to. And I went and listened to one. And I thought we sounded good. We do. Um, yeah. Th- so so first off, um, it, 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 I'm, I'm a little squeamish about watching and listening things that I'm, I'm involved in. I wasn't in, I wasn't like featured in the, uh, the, the Bourdain show. They mic'd me and filmed me a lot, but I didn't end up making, making it onto the show. But the set, and that leads to the second reason. In the show... They uh, they have our longtime friend and client, Chris Curtin, um, who's a good guy, a personal friend of mine, a longtime client of ours. And this is not a knock on him. It's, how it's not a knock to, on anybody in the show. Yeah, it's, it's how they chose to portray it. But yeah. Chris, for the purposes of that show, was kind of playing the role of me. And it was a little hard to watch for me to watch him play the role of me when I was the one who had played it all that time. In a way, they were all playing the role of you. A little bit, yeah. Not just Chris. Mm-hmm. In a way, so the show features, it's Anthony Bourdain show. It features the well-known chef, Eric Repair, 
who's who was I've never met best friend who was Hubert. Bourdain's best friend and the owner and operator of Le Bernardin, the highest yep. Michelin starred restaurant in the United States and, for many years. And you've and you you've you've spent time with Eric Rivera on several occasions. Yeah, wonderful person. And from everything on it's just wonderful. One of the, just a one great of the funniest, sweetest, most gracious, just greatest people I've had the pleasure to hang with. Yeah, and he gave us a great a great quote which we have. Mm -hmm. So he's one of the most accomplished chefs in the United States. Yeah. And he gave us or in the world and he gave us a quote that's like, he's a chocolateaholic and our chocolate's the best chocolate he's ever tasted in his life. Mm -hmm. On the show, he talks about how he's like a dude who eats chocolate every single day. Yeah. So it's featuring Bourdain, Eric Repair, and and Chris Curtin. Chris Curtin of Eclat Chocolat. Uh-huh. Uh, in, in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, who is a longtime client of ours, a good friend of, uh, of, of mine personally and of the project, and also... Um, wh who knew Repair and kind of presented our chocolate to Repair and kind of brokered the deal that um, ended up with Eric Repair and Anthony Bourdain in conjunction with Eclat, with Chris Curtin and Eclat, producing a bar uh, called the Good and Evil Bar, which was our chocolate with our nibs in it, um, which was a phenomenally delicious And by the way, bar. Oof, the exact really chocolate good. that was in that bar, the 68% dark chocolate, it's still the same chocolate we sell now like going on nine years later, same recipe, same everything, same cacao, That's right. if you take same roasting our 68 and, and our nibs and put some nibs and put about 14% nibs in a bar of chocolate and then remold it. You've got a good and evil bar basically, which I did. I made uh, a few dozen knockoff uh, good and evil bars when I was making chocolate uh, in Terrapoto one time and they were phenomenal. Scrumptious. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, and, and every once in a while we make, we make those in our shop as well. Mm -hmm. Molded. Yeah. Um, so that episode, there's, it's, it's really a good, a good episode. Like all episodes of parts unknown there. It's a, it's an awesome show. Mm. He goes, he tastes the food. So you, you probably don't remember, but he went and ate like these guys went and ate ceviche. They yeah. went to some of the really cool restaurants. There was a part in, in Lima Peru. where they did food yeah. stuff in Lima and then they, they went to some museum. Yeah. They and then there was museum. a part in the, on the coast where they went and saw a shaman, I think. They um, did. And, and they did, did street food and they ate anticuchos. Mm -hmm. They did street food. They did all yeah. that. Um, they went to the market in Chiclayo, which I know is a, a pretty mm -hmm. cool place that you, that you dig. Um, yeah. And I've, that I've taken many of our uh, visitor groups to almost every visitor group. Yeah. And, and then they, they go out to Campo. And the thing about it is, is that the presentation of them out in Campo is pretty good mm -hmm. and, and, and describes our story quite, quite well. Mm -hmm. And in fact, if anybody's listening to this, I was, I was thinking about doing something, bro. Let me know what you think All right. about this. I uh, normally am kind of reticent to give my opinion, but this time I'm going to go ahead. And I appreciate you know that. I yeah. So yeah. I was looking online, I think on Amazon, you can buy an episode of parts unknown for like a dollar 99. Okay. All right. Anybody who's interested in, mm. in learning about the story and meeting some of the personalities and seeing the Chinchipe river that we used to, that we've been crossing mm -hmm. all this time. That's right. That was shot before the bridge. It was so shot before cross. the bridge, yeah, dude. Like yeah, it brought yeah, back yeah, a lot, brought that. back a lot of memories. Oh boy. And which I think I've said on this podcast before, which caused the day that we that the first day we had to cross the bridge with them was a disaster. Because the, the ferry couldn't cross. We had to cross and we had to take all their gear out of all the vehicles and put them in boats and load them, unload them, and then find other vehicles. Because the, the river was the too river. high. They couldn't, they couldn't they float couldn't across run the, the ferry. Yeah, the ferry yeah. couldn't run. Oh, boy. That was a lot of work. That was a backbreaking day. So one thing I was thinking about doing is maybe just creating like a little discount code mm -hmm. for like whatever it costs to rent 
or buy the Peru episode. In other words, of if Parts somebody if somebody pays the two bucks to get the episode, we'll give them the two bucks off on a few. Or yeah, we'll just do we just do honor system. We'll just yeah, do yeah. like hey, because we talk a lot about the fact that we've been doing. So we're this. not going to actually send someone out to their house to actually review. <laughs> no, their... <laughs> okay, all right, that's a, that's a good plan, Adam. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, because for anybody who wants to see like live video and a cool presentation of Peru mm-hmm. and and the kind of work that we've been doing out there, um, it's a great. It's a great episode. Um, and it was filmed nine years ago. So people could see that we've been doing this for such a long time. You were already in Campo for like five years or four years yeah. when that got filmed. And that was okay. nine years ago. And so much of what is in that episode remains the same today. You get to see Fortunato. You get to meet his, his daughter. You get to see them cooking food. Also, there's a whole section on um, Heriberto Hernandez up in La Musca. In La Musca yeah. yeah, yeah. And... If you just were to imagine that um, Anthony Bourdain, Eric Repair, and, and Chris Curtin are Brian, like those three mm-hmm. amalgamate are like an amalgamation of you, mm-hmm. then that would give you an idea of all that you've accomplished. But the, the one thing I just want to say, and the reason why I would want to, want to do the discount code is just as a celebration of you, bro. Oh, I know you don't bro. like to be celebrated, but that was the... Th- so if there was any sort of resentment or any sort of pangs watching it... Mm-hmm. I felt like those guys ended up taking credit in a way, ended up taking credit for whatever reason for your five years of work. They kind of took it as if they kept referring it to as our chocolate. Yeah. And they were talking to Chris Curtin. Like he was, he was the expert, which he was, he became an expert through his dealings with us, but you're the one, you were the one that lived the story they were telling and you should get credit for it, bro. Yeah. Well, so that was, that was actually known. So there's a couple things when we were, at the time that we did that show, we didn't disclose our actual location to anybody because we were real paranoid about competition coming in um, and, and making it untenable for us and, and giving, putting the farmers in a, in a kind of a no-win decision uh, <clears throat> uh, situation. So we negotiated with them to keep the actual location secret. That was us. Um, and then we kind of knew going in that they weren't going to, because this was the, the, the good and evil bar was made by repair and Bourdain in conjunction with curtain. We, as the supplier, I mean, we're more than just an ingredient supplier, but it didn't have our company name on it. We knew they weren't going to talk about our company name. And so I think I've mentioned before, again, to you and on this show, so the work that went into that, their fixer, uh, their advanced scout and fixer, uh, came up and we spent four or five days going around, like all the, I met them down on the coast and we did the whole drive and we scouted places to stop potential film. We scouted places. They thought they might use helicopters. We scouted helicopter landing sites. And I mean, we did all kinds of work and, and documented all the different stuff and put together a production plan. Um, <clears throat> and it was pretty clear to me, the gist was they were going to come up and, and, and do this. And, and so, they, like I say, they, they mic'd me and filmed me a lot, but they were pretty clear. I was kind of thinking like, all right, this is an hour long show, which means there's actually like 46 minutes of show or something. And they've got a Lima segment and a coastal segment and then a Campo segment, which means there's about 15 minutes for the Campo segment. And they've got to introduce Fortunato and his family. And they've got to introduce Dilbe and his family. And the Campo is a character itself. And Cacao is a character itself. There's probably not room for another white guy in the show. So I knew, I pretty much knew as they were filming it, I'm just doing the math. Like, there's no way that this is going to end up, that my part is going to end up being on the show. They filmed hours of me. But 
I had it in pretty well in mind. And I talked to, um, to, to the fixer and he was like, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the math and it, I personally, I would bet that you won't be. So I knew that's why I didn't watch the show live because I didn't want to be disappointed um, or kind of otherwise jealous about the fact that they didn't use any of my stuff in the show. It was still a great opportunity for us. It was still a great, like great way to publicize our, and even though they didn't mention our company name because Fortunato, Don Fortunato, the actual farmer, his name is so linked with us within the industry. As soon as they mentioned the name Fortunato, everyone in the industry knew who they were talking about, but you're right. The millions and millions and millions of viewers that we're watching that did that aren't in the industry would have no way of knowing what was really going on. And, and, and we weren't selling to the public at that time anyways, no. but <clears throat> and right. as, it did, and, business wise, and, it did what it had to do because the industry people were the only sales that mattered to us at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. as the, as the guy who's in along with, with, with um, Dan, our, our third partner, as the guy who was in charge of sales, I watched it and then the phone started ringing and we started making some sales. I was stoked at the time. Yes. So that's, you know, you can like, you, you can't cry over spilt milk, although maybe that's, that's what I'm doing. But mm-hmm. the thing I wanted to make, I wanted to comment on and have people know is if you go watch that episode, it mm-hmm. gives you a pretty good primer on Peruvian cuisine. Yeah. And you get to see a lot of the personalities. You get to see that river that I talk about. Sometimes you get mm-hmm. to see, um, you know, you get to see Fortunato and his family. It's a really good show, but just substitute the three people on that show for Brian, who, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see him. Go ahead, Brian. Just do, let them see you. Get up close to the camera. Hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So substitute Bourdain and Repair and Chris Curtin for that guy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's properly what the story should have been. And I just want to comment now that I know more about, about the business that, the, that we're in. Mm-hmm. The way we did the business with those guys was wrong, too, because they just bought chocolate from us mm-hmm. and then had to mark it up and sell it as, and mold it and sell it as a bar. We could have done a joint venture way differently that would have made that episode more authentic. And because that bar was only did like one run. It wasn't even around that long, that bar, because it was so expensive. And yeah. there was controversy and stuff like that about how expensive it was. Yes. So we could have done the whole business better. And that show could have could have worked worked out a little bit better. We, we should have done the whole thing better, but we didn't know enough at the time. We really didn't know that much at the time, but it was a really interesting experience. It was a great learning experience. It did help our business a lot. Um, and, you know. I still have a, a, a wonderful memory of uh, the night before filming started. Um, Dan, myself, Eric, Chris, uh, Bourdain, and uh, and his site guy, the fixer. Um, we all went out to dinner there in Hyen, Peru, um, to uh, like a, a well, it's a paria joint, a, a meat uh, like, like a barbecue. You know, like I, a, if like I say a, barbecue joint, a grill joint. Think, it's like a grill. It's joint. Like, it's grill like a stuff. grill joint. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and uh, repair had brought a bottle of uh, really nice single malt, like a Balvenie, like a Balvenie twenty or something. Um, and um, we, the the five or six of us, sat and had a, a really nice uh, meal, relaxed, and uh, drank some scotch and just talked and just got to know each other a little bit and. Um, it was really, you know, listening to repair and Bourdain, uh, tell their stories cause they were best friends, listening to them, tell their stories and Bourdain telling stories of some of the places that he'd, he'd been and the experiences he'd had was pretty, 
phenomenal. And they were also genuinely interested in, in Campo life there in, in Peru. So it was a, a, an interesting and fun evening uh, around people that are highly accomplished and relatively famous uh, that are just like relaxed just dudes. themselves. Yeah. 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 All right. Had we, had we been doing like more direct direct to customer stuff at the time we could have mm-hmm. we could have made that whole we would have we would have we would have tried to exploit that situation a little yeah. bit more to get us to get our name out in front of the uh customers but at like many things in business sometimes you do something and maybe you're not 100 percent clear why you're doing it or or how you're doing it and it ends up having a beneficial effect and you look back and think i could have done that better next time i'll i'll, I'll learn yeah. from that and i think that was definitely the case with that but it was a it was a a really interesting experience. I should go back and watch it. Um, you, uh, yeah, maybe, but I wonder if it would give you pangs too, but it would, but the, sometimes pangs can be good. You know, those pangs can be, it's a, it's uh, a good, it, hey, it's a, it's a good episode. And I, I, I want to highly recommend it to people. Um, and I'm going to, I'm probably going to just put, come up with like a $2 and 99 cent discount code. Yeah. That's and a good idea. The, and the reason again, why, and I'm probably going to make the code like celebrate Brian or something like that. Sorry, dude. I know you don't like any attention. Don't do that. It's going to be like cel- celebrate. Don't do that. No, maybe celebrate big B. <laughs> about that. That's I think that's a terrible idea. Yeah, I don't that's what like it is. It it's going to be no. celebrate, celebrate big B. I, I really don't like that. Yeah. And um, just so people can realize. I'm going to go in the system and change that. <laughs> but I'm going to send out an email telling people that that's what the code is. Right. And then I'm going to say, like, if you're having trouble with your code, contact Adam at Fortnite. <laughs> and I'm going to refer him to you. So you're just creating a customer service problem. I don't, I don't like this plan at all. <laughs> yeah, it's already, it's, I, I've already did it before the show. I'm just, I just, you know, when you're talking you know, about pangs, Adam, I'm getting a pang right yeah. now. Is that, <laughs> what if I had already put in celebrate big B before the show? And then I'm just pretending I'm playing dumb right now. Ooh, multi-layered nefariousness. Yeah. I, I, I like didn't, it. I didn't, I wish I was clever enough for that kind of thing. By the way, Adam, you know, why I embrace the pangs because the pain lets me know that I can still feel. Okay. Maybe we'll call the, um, the discount code, embrace the pain, embrace, <laughs> embrace the pangs. No, but again, just to, you know, just to reiterate, the reason why I would like people to go back and watch that show is because it's a great show. It, it talks a lot about the Peruvian. Um, it really is culinary a little scene. bit of a primer on. It on, is. On our it project. is. Yeah. And like the, the the thing is, we've been doing this a long time. The farmers on that show are still the farmers we buy cacao from all these years later. Yes. <laughs> the chocolate's the same chocolate. Yep. The, the river has a bridge over it, but it's the same river. Yep. Those those muddy roads that you see are the Although same. Although ironically, river. it's the same river, but the water that was moving down the river at that point is long gone out in is the it? sea. It is. You when can does, see it moving. So is it the same river, Adam? Well, when does the evaporation occur? And then do the clouds carry the rain back to the same mountains and stuff? Yeah, I don't know about the same mountains because there, well, let's see, you're on the Atlantic watershed there. So it goes all the way out to the Atlantic. I Presumably it forms into clouds that then blow out over Africa, I would think. Mm. Um, so... I don't know if any of that same, but I mean, the, to call it the same river, it's, there's a different set of water in the same place doing the same thing. We call it the same river, but well, the, from a metaphysical I guess, perspective, well, I don't so know if it is, is the, the same ri- Well, is the river the water or is the river the groove in the earth that exists there that water runs through? What do we call a groove in the earth with no water in it? A dry river? Right. And arroyo, a river bed, a river bed, arroyo. Exactly. It's a river, but the river itself, a river is something that is composed of water. Then, then should that river permanently be called the Chinchipe river? 
Shouldn't we have to like name, the, every second? Shouldn't it be every millisecond different? that river actually changes from any different from no matter what so, perspective you're in, that river changes unless the, your perspective is that of following a particular subset of water all the way down. Well, so, I mean, based on how we're describing it, I think mm -hmm. you have to define a river as 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 the location and the riverbed, not the water, because otherwise, you, you, you know, you couldn't have a fixed name for a river because the river's always changing. Unless you had some sort of a consensual agreement societal level agreement to implicitly accept the fact that every bit of that water is moving and that the river is different every moment but just for the purposes of constancy to call it one thing although you know if we're gonna we we could use this metaphor for people too in a way a person is a new person every moment because experiences accumulate and change you as you live your life like are you the same person you were when you were 20 well, you, I'm, I was talking about a physical thing. You're talking I know, more about a metaphor. But it's, thing. it's yeah. similar. Like, are you the same human you were when you were 20? No. No. Nobody you're different. Yes. But you got the same name. Mm -hmm. So it's the container. We're naming the container. Right. Is what's going on, right? right? We're not naming necessarily the contents within the container, which would be mm -hmm. the water and the river. Mm -hmm. We're naming the container. Right. So I, right. Think, I think we can say that it that is. That makes sense. It's the yeah. riverbed that defines a river, not the water. Right. Well, they well, define each other. Okay. You I, really I can. can't have one without the other, but no, that's not true. You can have a riverbed without water, but you can't well, really if have it was, all right, let me ask you this, that, a river without the riverbed. That, 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 the water dries up mm -hmm. right there. Is that still called the Chinchipe River? Probably so. We probably would call it the, the place where the Chinchipe used to be. You think that's what they would call it? I don't know what they would call it, Adam. I haven't taken a poll. <laughs> what do you, th what do you think? What do you, well, what do you I, think, bro? Ex-Chinchipe. Ex <laughs> They wouldn't call it the exchange. They would bro. call it the exchange. Would you get serious about this topic, Brian? Oh, come on, come Adam. On, they call, you know they call it the exchange. We're talking about the disappearance of an important river, and you're joke. You're making jokes. You're making light so of it. If it was so important, then why did it go away, Adam? Like, how important could it have been? Lots of important stuff goes away, bro. Can you give me another example, Adam? Hope in the future. <laughs> <laughs> That's dark. <laughs> that just got dark, really dark. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Not only not only do we have to wrap this up because I'm out of time, but I might also just wrap up my life with no, a, my, a, my, my an overdose actually, of sleeping pills. Actually, my hope in the future is, is stronger than stronger than ever. Is it stronger yeah, than yeah, ever? Yeah. Well, um, innocence, loss of innocence, bro. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So anyhow, now we want to. So just to transition off of this. Well, we still have about 10 more minutes left here. Okay. Um, <laughs> just to light, <laughs> light things up now. Let's just get, let's get into some math here. Okay. Okay. All right. So the question from, from Greg is how many pods, I believe it's how many pods of cacao does it take to make one of our big bars of chocolate? Okay. Let's start at the beginning. One pod of cacao and this we can... I, most people that are listening to this probably have an idea, but this is a glass representation of what a cacao pod looks like. Okay. And it's about the size of an it's actual. Size of, it's about the size of a Nerf, a Nerf football. Similar, similar in size to my head, but just like in shape, certainly, but a little bit smaller. I, yeah, I, I'm known yeah. to have a skinny, you do. rather you have small a, head. You have a so head. that's what they look like. Um, and typically on average, your, your, your average cacao pod is going to have um, like probably 50 cocoa beans in it. 50 about 50 that's okay. right on right. average that are viable right. and and fermentable etc now in the business the benchmark that you want to have in terms of the size of a dry cacao bean is you you'd like to have an average of one gram per dry cacao bean 
So let and our beans are on the larger end of things. So let's say that we're achieving that, and each dry bean of ours it represents about one gram of raw cacao. All right. So and in, 50, so, in, a, in a pod, there's 50. So we can say that when the beans from that pod are fermented and dried, we have about 50 grams of dry cacao with the shell on it. Then you have to, and that has 6% water content. All right. And then you're going to roast it and that's going to remove the final water content. Well, and you, you, take you, take the shell shell off. you take the shell off. Yep. So those 50 grams are going to end up being about 40 grams of usable, of usable uh, cacao. Now our 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 sixty eight percent is sixty eight percent cacao and thirty two percent something else. So those forty grams of um, and it's a five hundred gram bar. Well, hold on, I'm just gonna figure out for the per pod. So if we say that those forty grams divided by 0.68, so there's actually fifty eight grams of chocolate made from those beans in one pod. Let's just round it up to 60. So there's about 60 grams so uh, from one pod. So the big blocks that we sell are 500 grams. So 500 divided by 60 equals 8.3. So there's about, it takes about eight and a half pods to make one of our big blocks of chocolate. If you were talking about a more traditionally sized uh, chocolate bar, say um, a, 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 an artisanal bean to bar, uh, chocolate bar, those Two would ounces. typically be any, yeah, those would be typically anywhere from 60 to a hundred uh, grams. So the, the, the one real cacao answer, pod. For, it's from one to two, one to two cacao pods for depending on the size of the bar and the intensity of the chocolate. But yes, for a standard, for a standard uh, uh, artisanal bean to bar, quality chocolate bar with a higher cacao percentage. You're talking about the cacao from one to two pods for one, you know, uh, smallish consumer bar. In our case, because we're selling a big block of chocolate, it would take about eight and a half pods to make each one of our big blocks. All right. Well, that was, that was pretty easy. Um, now oh, go the ahead. Cosine of the, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> when was the last time you did trigonometry, bro? Uh, the, when I had trig in high school, I, I, I was a math tutor when I first graduated college uh -huh. and I had to go back and revisit trigonometry. Oh boy. It's not that hard. It's no. not that Sokotoa, bro. Sokotoa. Sokotoa? Sokotoa. Sokotoa. <laughs> Sine, cosine, and tangent, bro. Oh, okay. So right. that's like okay. opposite and hypotenuse. Ka is adjacent and hypotenuse. And then the, the tangent is what? Ah, adjacent, adjacent, and hypotenuse, bro. So nerd alert. Am I right? That's a nerd alert right there. Put this dude. Get the siren flashing. We got a nerd alert right the here. The lumberjack jacket would it's make you think a, I don't know about trigonometry. Such a do. juxtaposition of the nerd alert with the lumberjack jacket. On oh my gosh, I, dude, I I should have been better at trigonometry in high school. I went back in high school. I sucked mm -hmm. because I was sort of a you know I wasn't that good of a student in high school. But then right. when I went back and revisited it after I'd graduated from college, I was like, dang, mm -hmm. I should have got straight A's in this. This isn't even hard. Sokotoa, yeah. bro. It's super easy. Okay. Sokotoa. All right. <laughs> I'm going to say that. To, I'm gonna, so my daughter will have trig shortly here. And I'm going to yeah. just, every time she asks for right. help, I'm just going to be like, Sokotoa. Sokotoa. So, did you do this before you asked me that Sokotoa. question? Sokotoa. Sokotoa. All right. right. One last thing I wanted to just mention, bro, mm -hmm. here on, on, the, um, on the podcast. Mm -hmm. We have several new products online now. They've been yes. selling. We've been getting reviews. Um, 
they're getting really good reviews, but bro, one product mm -hmm. of the new products stands above all with pure 100% five-star reviews. Is that right? You probably Which haven't looked. That? If you had to no, guess, what do you think it is? So I'm looking at what's available online. We've got our 68% dark, 47% dark milk, 36% milk chocolate. Well, those are, got, those are, those products have been around a right. long time, but of We've the new got, product. Uh, Fortunato dark chocolate covered dates. We've got Javier's hot chocolate mix. We've got the dark chocolate covered almonds. Dark milk peanuts, dark chocolate s'mores. We've got nibs, which have always been there. Uh, chocolate, sea salt, caramel, turtles, and the gift card. If I'm looking at those new products between chocolate covered dates, hot chocolate mix, almonds, peanuts, s'mores, and turtles, I'm going to say the crowd pleaser that's going to, that's making people's taste buds light up enough for them to go give a bunch of five star reviews is going to have to be those sea salt caramel turtles. Well, those are pretty new. We don't even have a review on those yet, so we'll have to see. But, bro, the there is almonds, actually one review for the turtles, and it's five star. So, yeah, but, no, but that, but that review is actually a guy complaining about the shipping. <laughs> 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 that review is a guy going like, "What? These turtles cost nine bucks, and you're charging nine bucks for shipping?" He didn't see that the free shipping occurs over thirty nine dollars. Huh. Okay. I responded to it, but okay. um, yeah, Dude, <laughs> the the product that is running the table. The dates it, are nine five-star reviews. But the one that's got the most five-star reviews okay. that is crushing are the dark chocolate almonds. 38 mm. five-star reviews, and all of them are legit. 100%, bro. Wow. I love that. You're right. 38, I know. 38 yeah. out of 38 reviews, five-star. And everybody should know, and we've said it before, we do not... We do not we do not affect our reviews anyway. Whatever goes up, if we give a negative review, we respond to it. We reply so that people can see the reply. But we never block a negative review from being seen by potential customers. But boy, oh boy, in this case, we really don't have to. 100% five-star. And, awesome. and I've read most of awesome. We make those in small batches in our mm -hmm. little shop. We use our 68% dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. We thoughtfully sourced almonds. We didn't just like go buy almonds at the store we like look around a long time what for... is thoughtful sourcing and we just exactly? we got a whole like... bunch of samples mm -hmm. from a whole bunch of different almond farms like literally mm -hmm. from almond farms and distributors okay. and we just we chose the one that we we intentionally chose an almond that we thought paired well with our chocolate that we felt huh. good about that 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 are fresh they're crunchy they taste the best we did the same thing with our dates and are we and... buying those directly from the producer we're not able to buy those directly from a producer but the producer that we wanted to work with told us how we could buy their almonds, which is we have to buy them through a distributor. But right. and, so, and so that folks understand that might be listening to this, this is a very common thing. There are many products where it's not really feasible for individual farmers to sell directly to the market for their own for their own reasons, they choose they, to go through a distributor and are per, and are precluded by their contract with the distributor from making side sales, even though it might be more profitable. And it's mostly just an admin thing. Like they don't want to have to generate a, exactly. uh, you know, like a $500 invoice for us. Right. It's a lot easier for them to just sell their and they can, lot. And that way the, 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 the distributor can aggregate a lot of different products in market and do marketing that's effective across a whole variety of products where if you had to spend the money to market just your almonds, it would not be cost effective. Correct. And they can hire an admin staff and all that kind of stuff. Right. So anyways, I was, I was pretty happy with that. I was looking at this yeah. and kind of looking at our products. And if you that's had amazing. asked me, if you had asked me, which was going to be the, the absolute winner, I probably would have said it was going to be the s'mores. Cause I'm a huge s'mores fan, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, the almonds. So, and I'm pretty proud of that. And the guy who makes those is, is Chano, you know, Chano, 
Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's one great of our guy. great, sweet, most humble guy. Mm-hmm. Javier came up with the recipe. He taught Chano how to do it. Chano works the machines. We make those fresh. Yep. And so I'm really proud that we were able to come up with a new product that people love. It makes me That's really- amazing that those reviews, and by the way, I just want to point out one thing. Our 68% dark chocolate, Adam, 1,135 star reviews, 96% four and, star, four and five star reviews versus 2% one and two star reviews. Um, yeah, and that's, pretty, never, that's never, pretty astounding. I mean, you're never going to get a thousand reviews and all of them are going to be five star. I mean, not everybody's going to, you know, not everybody's going to love it. Even if it's really good, not everybody's going to love it. I'm sure people have gone to Le Bernardin that you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And I bet I'd be interested to look at the Google reviews for that. Adam, but your French pronunciation is absolutely awful. Le Bernardin. Le Bernardin. Le Bernardin. Yeah. I bet you go on there. That that's like the the highest. You said the highest Michelin starred restaurant. I don't know if it still is, but for many years it was. Yes. Yeah, I bet you go on there. You find some find some three star reviews as well. Or absolutely, you know, some or a five star review where the guy's like, I mean, the food was okay, but man, I had to wait eighteen minutes for my. I didn't realize there was going to be a mandatory eighteen percent tip for my party of twelve. Oh yeah, or like yeah, but you know, the fried fish over at Long John Silver's is pretty good too. Yeah. I mean, if folks buy your product, then why do they feel the need to bring in to say like, well, I honestly, you could have just bought whatever from whoever. And it would have been like, no, just review ours. If you like it, that's fine. You don't have to bring anything else into it. Yeah. You know, you what's up? So there you go. So yeah. I guess we'll wrap it up, everybody. Don't forget to check us out at www. You see how I'm saying W and I'm saying W. W. I'm saying W. Yeah. W. That, that would also belie the fact that I know about trigonometry. You know, to hear me say W like that, you would go, mm-hmm. this guy doesn't know about trigonometry, but I do. He, he, so right, right. www.fortunatochocolate.com. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to come check us out, if you're in the Issaquah area, yes. come check us out at 1445 Northwest Mall Street, Suite mm-hmm. E3. You'll see the signs out there for free hot chocolate. Issaquah, Washington, 98027. We're open 10 mm-hmm. to 6, seven days a week. We'd love to see you if you want to talk about communist dictators or almonds or whatever i'm there we'll get into it that's right that long suppressed conversation about enver hoxha that you've been waiting to have the oh. uh, the ex the the dick the ex-dictator of uh of albania or if you want to come in and talk about what kind of nuts communist dictators used to eat we could talk about that too Ooh, let's take a deep dive into those communist dictators uh tree nuts that they enjoyed that they enjoyed snacking on but no i just want to yeah. say in all seriousness we are so appreciative we of are the folks that write in of the folks that make their orders online of the folks that come into the store um especially the ones that want to harangue my brother come on in and get your harangue on <laughs> Uh, but no, we're so appreciative. Uh, we thank you all so much. Anybody who's listening, we thank you so much uh, for listening, for being a part of this. Um, gosh, we, we, what do they say? A, a, a leader without followers is just a guy on a walk. Um, you know, we could make this amazing chocolate. It would, the chocolate would still be just as amazing if we made it and nobody bought it. But the fact that people buy it and appreciate it and let other people know about it is incredibly great. It never, Hey, it never gets old, even though we were, you know, we were on, on parts unknown back in 2013. The fact Mm -hmm. that people take their hard earned money and decide to spend it on the chocolate that, that our company brings into the world. It never, it never gets old. Yeah. You know, we're appreciative. And yeah, actually I, you know, I, the more I think about this, the more I realize basically we're all in it together, right? The cacao mm-hmm. farmers, our business, and our customers, we're, in, we're a continuum in a way, mm-hmm. and all the parts need the other parts. Like, yes. you, one cannot exist without the other. We're we cannot... the riverbed, but they're the, they're the river. I Ooh, mean, let's just be honest. There you, you know? go, Brian. Love it. Yeah. And also, before we sign off, you know, Ma- Mao had a, had a cashew allergy. A lot of people Mao don't know. Mao Zedong? 
the yeah, Chinese. Yeah, yeah, he's dictator. allergic to cashews. So, um, just communist dictators and their nut allergies. So, <laughs> I, I did not know that. That's uh, that's, <laughs> that's how he died. That's, that's, how, that's is, when you, that's when how he ended up. It? That's how he ended up dying. Is that right? Bag, bag of cashews. You got to mix that. You got a bag of mixed nuts. He said, make sure there's no cashews in there. And it turns out there was. Yeah. One. Yeah. And that's what liberated yeah. China, man. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's what the Tiananmen Square thing was all about. Was that really about his, about the, the cashew thing? Huh? It well, was it about, makes sense. I mean, it, I, it was a celebration of the guy who gave him cashews. I frankly wouldn't be surprised to see like, if you actually accidentally sent like peanuts, anything peanut related to my kids, you know, first grade class. I'm pretty sure that there would be some moms that would yeah, fire would, up their tanks and like come rolling. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't even remember peanut allergies being a thing when I was a kid, but they I guess. weren't a thing when we were kids and they're not a thing in, in Peru either. It's a first world thing, um, ostensibly caused by over sanitation and too ah. much cleanliness. All right. Well, maybe you know, put, put a pin in that on the next episode. We, oh, we'll take, we're going to take a deep dive into immunology and, and, and allergies on the next podcast. That's what people tune in for, Adam. That's yeah. Yeah. No. And hear. I'm going to, and I'm going to put compile a little list again of the communist dictators and their, their allergies. And we can go Absolutely. over that like yeah, I on say, the next episode as well. Everything starts with Hawks Hub, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Have a good one. I'll talk to you uh, later. Okay. Bye everybody. All right. Bye.